So what begins to happen, though, is this beautiful thing. But by faith, we understand, and I want to read, I want to read this to you. We, we've looked at it here before several years, but look at uh, Matthew 13. Verse 18, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, notice he told us in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing. And then he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. So you can interchange that. I encourage you to read Hebrews 11 um, uh, in your time this week or even this afternoon. It says, by faith, we understand. So he's saying, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't wrap their faith around it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So the sower, and I encourage you to read Matthew 13, and you'll, you'll notice there, the word of God was created to produce and to bring faith to you. Read Matthew 13 extensively, though. You'll find that how that word produces is based on the soil. I want to suggest to you that the soil is your heart. So that word is intended to produce. It will produce. It will do. God always fulfills his end of perfection. Guard your heart with all diligence. So he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't put their faith in it, the enemy grabs it. So he steals what you don't put your faith around. But we know another aspect of faith is this, that you must act eventually on what you've heard. Now, notice what he says here, though. Now, look at verse 33. This is really important. He spoke another parable to him. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three specks of flour until it was all leaven. We know... I was really interested in this. That leaven is just a small little thing that they put in bread to make it rise, but it infects the whole thing. So here's what happens. I want you to be aware of this because this is, a, this is part of the beauty, beauty, beauty of the process. Let's go back to the example of finances. You start, you deal with all your emotions. Now you've heard, you put your faith around it, then you act on it, but that is not the beginning of your change perspective on that. When you act on the word, it comes as a little seed on the inside of you. And then he, he, he doesn't like, most of the time, he doesn't like, like people like, oh, I'm going to get a million dollars. Like, why don't we just start with the five bucks in your pocket? I remember years ago, this is really true. When I started working, work, I, I remember, t- I said, Lord, I want to hear your voice. You know when the first thing he started talking to me about? About money, because money is deep in your heart. I remember, I don't know, 600 bucks in my bank account, college student, sitting in the back of this tent, my friend's having his anniversary. He said, I want you to give $110. $110, the devil is a liar. You know, like, <laughs> you blame the devil, you know. What did he want to do? Faith came by hearing. It meets you where you're at. You have to act on what he has said. But it just comes as a little leaven. Just, it just was starting to affect my mind in that area. I had a whole long way to go. But when I acted on it, I saw God do something I never saw him do. And the entrance, Psalm 119, key part. The entrance 
Where's the entrance? The entrance is in your heart that you're guarding. The entrance of your word brings life. So when you hear and when you practice, you open up yourself to greater understanding of what you're practicing. So now down the years, he is Psalm 128, truth upon truth, precept upon precept. You keep growing in that thing, hopefully. And it, it, what, it is for the ability not only to govern your life, but to be a blessing to the world around you. And so it took me on this journey in that area, the entrance. You practice, you practice. How many know this to be true in moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I remember the first man I ever worked for in ministry. There's a traveling assistant. He puts this, he goes, you're a prophet. <laughs> he puts this guy in front of him. He goes, prophesy over him. <laughs> it's like the pastor in the church. The entrance of your word. That was over 20 years ago. You can make mistakes along the but you got to stick with that. But the process of guarding your heart never changes. And if you don't stay in the position of humility like a child, that's why that healing of your heart is so important. One of the ways the enemy will try to abort it is because this is the other way the enemy works. Look at Matthew 16 now. The Pharisees and Sadducees came up putting Jesus to the test, and they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he replied to him, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. In the morning, there will be storm today for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but you're unable to discern the signs of the times. And evil and adulterous generation, this is fascinating to me because he's telling them is you, this is really key because they're demanding a sign and he consistently showed them signs, but he would not give in to what they wanted. Wants a sign, do not, do, do not be given to except the sign of Jonah. He left them and went away. And the disciples came to the other side of the sea. But when they had forgotten to bring any bread, I've been there. You think God's talking about one thing and he's talking about something completely different. Notice in Matthew 13, he tells us how the kingdom of God works. But he also is going to tell you how Satan wants to work in your life. Then he said to them, now notice the context, it's his disciples. It's not people who are not following him. These guys have given everything to follow him, yet they still needed lots of transformation in their thought process. And this is what he said to them. Watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You will notice something. And this has traditionally, unfortunately, often been true of many people who were, in a sense, following the leading of the Lord. They were pioneering things in the things of God, or they were acting on truth. They were walking it out. They were, they were, they were living what God called them to live. 
But if there's not a guarded heart and a desire for the complete revelation of God, you run the risk of allowing even the truth that you live in to become religiousized. I want you to see something. Look at Matthew, the third chapter now. Don't ever think, because you're, you know, like, we're river people, we want everything God has, we love Jesus. People are like, we're not, we're not one of those religious churches. Any church can be religious. It's a mindset. Don't, don't drive back here, oh, look at Ruther, that's a religious church. No, 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 no. We are all vulnerable. Look at this, Matthew 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you offspring of vipers who warn you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance and do not assume that you can say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God is able from these stones to raise up children from Abraham. And the axe is already laid at the root of trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is being cut down and thrown into the fire. And what does God tell us? He desires all of us to bear fruit all the time. The reason I'm saying this, I want you to notice that John's message and John's, in a sense, his his ministry to the earth, his ministry to the world was cutting edge and pioneering. It was the will of God. There were people, there were John's disciples who go, this is outside of what's been established in the religious system that we know that we've been taught under, but this is clearly God. And what is it? It's pioneering in God. It is a pioneering truth. It is sent by God, even though it looks different than anything on it. So we recognize, what what am I saying? They had the ability to discern that God was moving, even when the majority of the people rejected it. They had discernment because their hearts were right to recognize God. And the Pharisees came. That's interesting. We don't know. It's interesting. They got a bad name, but they came to be baptized. We don't know if they were baptized. I'm not sure after that. John the Baptist had not, definitely did not take an American Church Grove conference by what he said to him. So John's ministry and the people who followed him were cutting-edge people. Their hearts were in the right place. They recognized that he came to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. I'm going somewhere in a minute here. Thank you, Miss Addie. Just want to follow the right verse here.
Luke chapter 7. So it's possible, we'll see here in Scripture, you're tracking with the move of God. Your heart is open, you're practicing truth, God's revealing revelation. And we come to this series of verses. Luke, the sixth chapter, verse 18. Excuse me, 7, 18. The disciples of John reported to him all about these things. And after summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord saying, Are you the one coming or do we look for another? When the men came to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you. Ask us, are you coming or are we to look for another? Now, it's okay to ask questions. But Jesus is going to follow up with something deeper here that lets us know something perhaps has infected John's heart where he is possibly disillusioned by now what his understanding of Jesus was, even though his whole life assignment was based on following the truth. The guarding of your heart is a daily choice. The foundation of our lives must be to submit to the power of God to be living sacrifices daily. Not anything that goes beyond the word of God, but be open to constant adjustment. Be open to constant correction. Peter hits it out of the park. You are Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus starts telling him stuff that did not fit his understanding. He had an A+. He was casting out devils. He was, he, was, he was moving in the ministry. He was operating correctly. Yet, And he had heard that message. Amen. From the time of John the Baptist until the present, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent, and the violent taken by force. Peter loved that message, I think. He's like, yes, I knew it. I got the sword, Jesus. <laughs> so his understanding of Jesus fit what he already understood about Jesus. Yes, I knew it. I knew it. This was going to be awesome. I knew I was made for something more. <laughs> he was made for something more, not the more that he thought, though. And then he gets A+. plus. Like, like people, the chosen does a great job. I think that's, that's how I've always pictured Peter. And then Jesus goes, the son of man must suffer many things. Same like, right after that, you're like, Jesus, have you been listening to the criticism about you? Are you compromising this whole kingdom of heaven suffer violent thing? No, he was like a board member for Jesus. Like, he's helping him out. Like, let me help you out. This is not how this ministry was formed. He was, no, really, he was giving advice to Jesus. Sounds funny. But often when we reject that God's trying to bring the things to our attention, go back to that job and apologize to your boss. But they abused me! I know. You had some issues too. I'm not dealing with them. I'm dealing with you. Now, that can't be right, you. And we will use Scripture 
to deny what we know God is asking us to do. I'm using wisdom, you know, brother. I'm using wisdom. And at the very time, he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits. He gave sight to many who were blind. And he answered and said, go and report to John what you have seen and heard. People who are blind receive sight. People who are limped walk away. People with leprosy are cleansed and people who are deaf hear. Dead people are raised and people who are poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is anyone who does not take offense of me. What's he saying? He's saying an offense is so multidimensional. We may be offended because that didn't, I mean, to see if that worked through something, it didn't quite work out like what I was thinking. So like, okay, I know you never miss it, so what did I miss there? These subtle offenses. God, I really, we, we were going to the same church for seven years, and my wife don't change. You know, that's funny. We say that. And maybe you might not ever say it in your mouth, but you're actually thinking it. And now it's been forged in your heart. And what does it say? The yeast is in there. It's a, a little. And it doesn't start big. Most of us know. And where we're at right now in the things of the Lord, we like, you know, I don't have to sit here and tell you, you know, don't commit adultery. Don't cheat. Don't lie. Don't steal. We know those things. Like, you know that. But it's these little things. And eventually what they want to do is rewire your whole heart like a yeast because the kingdom of God works like that. And so does the enemy. Particularly if you're married, right? You got to... Got to work through those things. Because if we are not in agreement, we got major issues. The enemy now has legal right. And he's not coming. He's not coming just to like spray a little part of the foundation. He's coming to knock the whole thing down. And he loves. You know where the enemy loves to work? In assumption. Well, you said this, and the person did say that, but that's not anything that they were meaning. And again, it goes back to that root, though. If they say something even sharp, it might remind you of something from childhood that's not whole. So now it's like, rah! (laughs) I can't believe you said that to me. Well, that's not what I was saying. I, I meant this. Oh. But he wants you to go weeks holding that thing so he can grow a little longer right in your heart. And he wants you to question the motives of those closest to you. Oh, they don't really believe it. They see they're being nice. You know, they're trying to make up for what they said to me. And you got all this. And if you don't get healed and you're someone who doesn't communicate, you go, that little leaven is working deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper till you've gone three years down the line. Unfortunately, sometimes I see 20 years down the line, I see people bring up stuff that happened 20 years ago. And it has now twisted. And here's what it does. 
let's, let's take a marriage. You got the wall up. The other person's got the wall up. Now you got two people with walls up thinking distorted things, thinking demonic ideas about each other, thinking demonic ideas about each other in the body of Christ. And we're sitting in this room going, we love you, Jesus. We want revival. It's going to be awesome. And like, I actually hate you. <laughs> Blessed is he who's not offended because of me. land the plane here. Now notice this. The religious spirit often tries to marry itself to people who are offended but were one time at the cutting edge. Mark chapter 2 John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. This is really interesting. Now, a little of this leaven of the religious spirit is now accompanied with the disciples of John who were at one time the cutting edge of what God was doing in the earth. And they came and said to him, notice they're fasting, and so they're wondering why Jesus is not fasting. Notice, this is not a teaching against fasting. This actually teaches us that you can be engaged in disciplines or activities. It's actually righteous, but if it's incongruent with what the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are doing in your day, you're in a complete different place than what God is emphasizing. Why do John disciples in this? I, I think there's a reason the gospel writer put, us, put that there. Because he's saying, if you don't stay in this, and nobody, we're not talking about perfect, we're just saying this heart of submission, this heart that's quick to forgive, this heart that's quick to communicate, this heart that's quick to get to the heart of the matter, this heart that goes, yeah, okay, I'm not, yeah, okay, and just stays the course. And it's constantly growing in truth and doesn't let this, this little leaven stay real long. But your disciples do not fast. Jesus said, while the groom is with them, the attendants of the groom can fast. Can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the groom is taken away from them, and they will fast. Notice he's just not teaching against fast. He's saying, guys, you've missed a turn, even as disciples of John. We're celebrating. And you're acting in something that you've always done, but I'm not emphasizing right now. And I believe those two scriptures give emphasis. And those, that understanding helps us understand why it's so important we go back to Proverbs 4. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. 
apostolic teaching, right? In Galatians, Paul said, a little leaven lumpens, right? Apostolic teaching. Same thing in line with Jesus. So there's this posture of humility God invites us all into. Least a little open door come. Hey, just throw this out there too. You may be perceiving something accurately in a relationship. But one of the things I like to do is I step back, give any offense I have, and say, okay, Lord, how do I treat this person like you? Now, it may be that it's not wrong to set boundaries. It's not wrong to set people to standards. Not wrong to all those things. We just want to make sure our heart posture is right towards them. I see this field, and it's ripe for harvest. And the Lord says, my desire for Global River as a community of people is for you to enter a dimension of the things of the kingdom that you have not. But I'm opening a book. In the book contains promises, some that you've gotten 30 years, some of you've gotten last year. But it's a door that you stepped into last night, but it necessitates a posture of the heart to fully inherit, to fully enter into. For my desire is unprecedented harvest, harvest of souls. Increase your numbers. Increase your effectiveness. Increase your fruitfulness. And to be a church with a great apostolic womb of sending. To be a church of multiplication. To be a church of sending. To be a church of breakthrough. To be a church where worship and prayer, 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 move and shift realities. I am overwhelmingly pleased with the work of your hand. For many have put their hand to the plow and have done what I've asked them to do. But yet I say there is a door that I desire for you to inherit. Uh, an untold reality above and beyond what you could ask or think. Miracles, creative miracles for the purpose of exalting Jesus. Apostolic witness in the word of God. A word that actually puts terror in men's hearts. That even as it was in Finney's ministry, men would say, what must we do to be saved? For there is a strength and you are, says the Lord, an ox that I've desired to put in this region, to run with the purposes of the Lord. Without retreat, without surrender, 
fully given to the purposes of the Lord. And yet there is now a rain that is falling and will begin to fall into this fall. It's a rain of my presence. It's a rain of cleansing. It's a rain of glory. It's a rain of purity. It's a rain of deliverance. Amen. 